Amen. Wasn't that a blessing? I'm very proud of my music students and especially Rob. And uh, that was good singing. That blessed my heart. Psalm 122, the first verse is my uh, text verse. Uh, the uh, psalmist writes, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm going to read another passage without you turning to it from Hebrews 10. The Bible says in verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he that is, he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I want to preach this morning on the subject, I was glad when I heard the announcement. I was glad when I heard the announcement. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the preaching of your word this morning. I pray, Lord, that you, your word, would be honored and magnified today. Help us, Lord, as we put life in perspective today. Sometimes, Lord, our minds and hearts are filled with fears and worries. And then we come to the house of the Lord and life gets put in perspective and we're reminded that you're the King of kings and Lord of lords and you're in control. And I pray that would be the case this morning. Bless the message, the preaching, and the hearing. In Jesus' name, amen. There were appointed times for the Jews to return to Jerusalem from wherever they lived in the land and go to the city, go to the temple, and to the place of the worship of the Lord. There were special holy days. Uh, today we refer to holidays, but it comes from that uh, phrase or those words, uh, holy days, and they were set aside to remind them of the working of God in their lives as a people and as a nation. Uh, folks, we don't want to ever forget what God has done for us, never. And one of the most repeated, in fact, I said this last Sunday, the most repeated illustration was how God delivered them from the land of Egypt, and he never wanted them to be tired of the fact they've been set free. I don't ever want to get weary or it become boring to be reminded that I've been set free from my sin and its penalty, and I'm a child of the king. And so they would go and they would be reminded of what God had done in their life. Now, as they would go to Jerusalem, as they would journey, they had a songbook. And the songbook is called the Psalms. And there were specific songs that were written for them to sing as they made their way to Jerusalem. They were songs of anticipation. They were songs of preparation. And they would sing those songs. You know how, like you go on vacation and you sing songs or you make a, a trip. And, and anytime we have a trip with young people or older people, I enjoy the singing on the bus and it's a lot of fun and, and it adds to the memory. Well, there were songs written for them uh, that as they journeyed to Jerusalem, especially on these holy days, 
and it would remind them of what they were about to, to do, and it would prepare their heart for going into the city of Jerusalem. Just as we sing songs in church and it prepares us for the preaching of the word of God. We sing, we fellowship, we enjoy the songs that prepare us for the truths, for the seed truths of the word of God to be planted in our hearts. This is one of those songs they would sing uh, they would sing all of Psalm 122, and there's about 15 uh, songs in a row uh, that are written just for uh, that journey. Uh, in this psalm, it talks about the place of their worship, which is at Jerusalem. It reminds them of the purpose of their worship, and that was to worship God uh, for what he had done for them. And then it reminded them of the power of worship. And uh, the power was it brings gladness. It brings uh, gladness. And I don't know about you, I didn't see anything on the news this week that brought gladness. I didn't read anything in the paper this week uh, uh, or online that brought uh, gladness. It was a world of bad news uh, uh, this week. But this morning we've got some good news from heaven. And it brings gladness to the heart of the one going to worship. And David writes... I'm not glad because I'm in Jerusalem. I'm excited when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. It's about time to go. He said, I got excited just at the announcement. He knew what was going to happen at church. He knew what was going to happen in worship. He knew when he got to Jerusalem uh, that it would put all of life and all of uh, uh, the events of the world into focus as they realized and they were reminded that God is in control. So these songs would prepare them as they went up. Now the word glad, if you look at the definition, it means to cause to rejoice to cause to rejoice. That's what happens or supposed to happen when we come to church. It is a place uh, and a practice that brings gladness to our hearts. You ought to go away today saying, I I I'm glad I've been to the house of the Lord today. I'm glad I've been to church. And I understand the Old Testament, New Testament difference. I know that God dwelt there at the tabernacle in the New Testament. We are the tabernacle of the Lord. But that's why I read Hebrews 10 because the Bible says don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together because it has the same effect, it has the same influence in our life as it did going up to Jerusalem. It brought gladness or it made their heart to rejoice. It's interesting when you read through the Bible of the things that brought gladness. The things that brought gladness. For example, Solomon said a wise son brings gladness to his father. Uh, the Bible says ointment and perfume bring gladness. I was reminded as I read that verse this week of a preacher friend of mine at 80 years of age got remarried. He's in heaven now. And he was asked, not by me, but by another preacher, he said, why in the world would you get married at the age of 80? He said, I'd rather smell perfume as liniment. That's what he said. And, uh, but anyway, it's pretty smart. Uh, the Bible says perfume and ointment bring gladness. Uh, Solomon said a wise word brings gladness. A uh, meeting of a loved one brings gladness. The psalmist said, Thy statutes have been my songs. In the house of my pilgrimage, the law brought to gladness. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 29:2 that righteousness uh, increases uh, gladness. The feast of the Lord, uh, Nehemiah chapter 12, uh, it brings uh, gladness. The Lord and his salvation 
that brings gladness. I love the song that he sang. I wasn't there when all of those things happened as far as the miracles and the resurrection. Oh, but I was there the day that he saved my soul. And thank God for salvation that came as a free gift from the Lord. Psalm number 5, the Bible said, But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, wilt bless righteousness. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. We come to church today and be reminded we're a child of the king. I was glad. I got it. David said, I got excited just when they said, hey, it's time to go to church. Now, not everybody shares in that same feeling, but everybody should because of what happens at the Lord's house. I'll give you three things that happens in church. Three things that happens at church that we need in our life every week. First of all, we're reminded of the purpose for going to church. What is the purpose? Well, first of all, we hear the Lord's precepts. We hear the Lord's truth. We hear the word of God. David talks about in verse number four, the testimony of Israel and what a testimony they had. They were challenged but never defeated unless it was sin that brought defeat on themselves. They had enemies greater than they were, but they never lost a battle. While in the wilderness, God prepared a table in the wilderness and he gave them water to drink from the rock of Horeb. The testimonies of the Lord were amazing and they went to church to be reminded not how bad the enemy was, but how great their God is. And that's why we're here this morning to magnify the truths of the Word of God. I'm glad this morning for the Word of God. I'm glad for the truth of God's Word. It is our anchor. It is our hope. It is our rock. It is truth. It is sure. It's a solid foundation. It's unchanging. It's what we build our life on. And we're reminded today that we're not building a Christian life on shifting or sinking sand, but we're building our life on the solid rock, the solid foundation of the Word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We come to church today and be reminded that my life's built on the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 2, the Bible said, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. We need doctrine. We need truth for reproof. We often need to be reproved according to the word of God. For correction, we need to be corrected. For instruction in righteousness, learning how to live the Christian life. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse number 29, Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. In Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says, And he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. David said, I got excited just to hear the announcement. It was time to go to the house of the Lord because he got excited, he got glad just to anticipate what was going 
to happen. He was going to be reminded of the testimonies of the Lord. We're also here not only to hear his testimonies, but sing his praises. God deserves your attention this morning. God deserves your praise this morning. God deserves for us to the best of our ability to tell him how good and wonderful and how great and mighty that he is. David says they were going to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. The psalmist said in Psalm 145 in verse number 3, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. He said in Psalm 113, Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Ask you a question this, uh, this morning. Has God been faithful to you this week? Has God been good to you this week? We come together to say, Lord, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. He said, I look forward to going to the house of the Lord because the purpose of going to the house of the Lord was to hear the truth of God's word and also to praise the Lord. There was another reason he was glad to go to the house of the Lord. Another reason we're glad to be in church today. I told my wife yesterday evening, I said, I look forward to church tomorrow. Don't you? She said, I do. I look forward to church tomorrow. It's a good thing to be in the Lord's house. Amen. Second of all, the people that would gather there. David's purpose of going to the house of God made him glad, as did the people who would be there. They were a people, according to Psalm 122, that were united in fellowship because of their faith. They said, let us go to the house of the Lord. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. The Jews saw their time at the tabernacle as a time that they would come together on common ground for a common purpose of the word of God and of praising God. Their petty disagreements and disputes were put aside and they were there for the purpose of worshiping God together. They would enjoy the people of the family. The reason the people came uh, to the church is, uh, uh, is the unity of truth and that's why we're here today. That's what makes us family the truth of the word of God. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was thinking this week, as a boy, uh, of life as a boy on Saturday evening. Saturday evening was the time you got ready for church. You didn't look for shoes Sunday morning, you shine shoes on Saturday night. Now, now, there was more of a reason to shine shoes then than there are now. You can shine a pair of shoes now, and if you wear them just on Sunday, they can stay clean for a few weeks. But in the mountains where I grew up, there wasn't any blacktop roads and dirt everywhere. You had to shine them all the time. And so Saturday was a time set aside to get ready for Sunday. We lived for a while, not far from my, just on the same property of my dad's mom and dad and about, oh, maybe a half a mile from my mom's mom and dad. I remember Saturday night at my grandparents' house. It was time to get ready for church. There was a gladness to go to the Lord's house. I, I can see the brown suit that my grandfather wore to church and a tan or a light yellow shirt. 
He had some ties that were wide, some ties that were skinny. He was older at this time, so he had collected both sizes. Fellas, don't throw your fat ties away. They're coming back. <laughs> don't throw your skinny ties away. They're coming back. The wide ties cover more. After church on Sunday, I'm glad if I have a wide tie on, it covers what I had for lunch right there. They would get ready for church, and I can see that suit there. I can see those shoes. My grandfather wore Liberty overalls all week long. And, uh, but on Sunday, he wore his suit to church. Brother Dallas got a pair of overalls. I'll tell you this story as a side note. He got a pair of overalls, and he asked his dad, he said, I'd like to have a pair of those that are sort of faded out a little bit. He said, Chris, you don't buy them. You work in them. <laughs> That's what makes them faded out. Oh, he said, It'll take him 15 years to have a pair of faded overalls. I remember my grandmother getting her dress and hanging it up on the, they would just hang it on the trim of the door. Sunday was coming. It was a special day. God's people ought to be glad when they say it's time to go to church. God's people shouldn't be sentenced to church. They ought to be glad. Go to the house of the Lord. He said, I enjoy the people that I'm going with. We're all different. We're from different backgrounds. We have different testimonies of coming to Christ for salvation. We have different skills. We have different work. But we all have fellowship around the Lord today. They were a people united by family. It's interesting when you read this psalm, David says, Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. You see, the ancient Jews were people connected by blood. They were a family. When they came together for worship, it was a family affair. They would renew acquaintances, acquaintances, catch up on family news, meet new members of the family. We're going to meet new folks today. I'm going to meet... Millicent, I say that name right? And I, I, I ought to say it right. He says it to me every day. His granddaughter, right? How many tickets did you sell? But anyway, you, you, we look forward to meeting family. One day at lunch after church, a, a lady said to her husband, did you see uh, uh, the piano player had on a new dress today? He said, no, I, I, I didn't see that. They kept eating a little while later and said, I, 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 noticed, uh, I noticed that one of the ushers was driving in a brand new car today. Did you see that? No, I, I, I didn't see that. She said, well, a lot of good it does you to go to church on Sunday morning. <laughs> but it really is a family affair. It is a family. You say, preacher, but we're, we're, we're not all family. Yes, we are. We've all been washed by the same blood of Christ. We've been bought. Uh, we're joint heirs with Christ. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And we come together today because uh, of the truth of the word of God. And I'm thankful for the people who gathered together in the Lord's house. The church of Acts enjoyed one another's company as you read in Philippians chapter 2. In Acts uh, chapter uh, number 2. And you find the people who uh, would come together. They would sing together and pray together. And, and they would worship God together. By the way, that's my crowd. I'm not ashamed to be identified with the preaching, praying, singing, and shouting crowd. I'm not. That's my crowd. 
He said, I got excited when I heard the announcement, David, it's almost time to go up to Jerusalem uh, for our feast time. It's almost time. David said, I was glad. Glad means make to rejoice. He said, I was glad when I heard the announcement when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. The purpose. The people of the worship. It's a joy to know family. Sometimes folks will say of our church, it's a, it's, it's a big church. But it doesn't seem that way if you grow up in it. You hang around long, we'll make you family pretty quick. We will. It's a, it's a good family. You, you may look at some people that have eight, nine, ten children and say, boy, that's a big family. They don't know that. They grew up, they thought it was normal. They don't come late for supper, I'll tell you that, when you've got a big family. There's things you learn when you have a big family. One of the things you learn when you have a big family, you use a fork to get another piece of chicken. You don't want to use your hand, you may get stabbed. stabbed. Family. I'm glad this morning that we come to hear the word of God. I'm glad it per, uh, puts life into perspective. I get tired of the empty rhetoric. I get tired of the deceit and lies that we hear in the world today. But we come to church and we're reminded God is in control. He's a creator. He's a sustainer. He's the coming judge and king. Hey, don't live your life in jealousy of what seems to be like success in the world. Enjoy the fact that you're a child of God. When we go to church, we're reminded of our purpose of hearing the word of God and singing praises to God. Second of all, of the people in, in, in church. And third of all, David said, I'm glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord because of the person they would go to bring glory to. You'll notice in this psalm, David names the Lord, L-O-R-D, four times. The Lord was at the heart of everything they did. By the way, I should have said this in point number one. Let me back up a little bit. Praise is not just for God. Praise adjusts our attitude Praising God adjusts our perspective. Are you with me? It adjusts our perspective in life. When I praise God, it puts me in my place. It puts him in his place. That helps me. But when we come to the third point, the person they glorified, he used the name the Lord four times. Every moment and every event of life revolved around the Lord and his worship. He was the centerpiece of of everything. And when David calls God the Lord, he's using the most common name for God in the Bible. And the word used here is Yahweh or Jehovah. This name for God appears 6,800 times in the Old Testament alone. And it recognizes God as the eternal one and the self-existent one. Nobody else is self-existent. Nothing else is self-existent. But our God is eternal. Our God is a self-existent one. It is the name that God used to make himself known to Moses when Moses was sent to see Pharaoh and deliver the message that God said, let my people go. And Moses said to the Lord, 
Who do I tell him it was that sent me? And God said to him, Tell him, I am that I am. I love that name of God. God never was. He always is the great I am. I love what the Bible says in the book of John. Uh, The Bible says before Abraham was I, if you filled in the blank, you would write the word was, but that's not the word. Before Abraham was, I am. He is the great I am. That's why we're here this morning. That's why we sing praises to him. That's why we gather around his book. That's why we come together to church today because it is about our Jehovah God. He is the great I am. He is a God who makes covenants with his people and he'll never break them. Uh, He made a covenant with Israel, uh, that everlasting covenant as the nation of Israel. And the only way you can explain the existence of Israel today is they've been surrounded by enemies who have vowed to destroy them uh, for many years. But they're still in existence because God made an everlasting covenant with that nation of Israel. I was watching the news sometime ago a few years ago and they were interviewing Henry Kissinger and they said ask him a question about Israel and he said uh, as he would speak he said I, I, don't, I don't even know if there will be an Israel in another decade I stood up and I said to the television I said Mr. Kissinger I don't know if there'll be a Henry Kissinger in 10 years but there will be an Israel because God that makes an everlasting covenant never breaks that covenant and I rejoice in the covenant that he made with the nation ah but it's an example to me that when God saved me and gave me eternal life he never breaks his word he never breaks his covenant and I'm a child of the king throughout all eternity and so we come to the church today and we worship the Lord God of heaven it was he that saved me it is he that keeps me it is he that blesses me it is him that I desire to praise it is him that I desire to serve it is him that I desire to worship it is him that we come together and we sing as the choir sang this morning what a lovely name the name of Jesus it's about the purpose of coming some of the news I read bothered me this week until I put it in perspective with the word of God let me show you an example and I'm finished go to Psalm 73 please Psalm 73, it's a beautiful picture as to why we faithfully attend church. It's why we get glad just to hear the announcement, church Sunday morning. Psalm 73, 1, truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. Look at verse 2, he's discouraged here, he said, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He said, I looked at the wicked and it looked like they were prospering and I was struggling. And he said, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. And you'll find that he talks about them. He talks about their prosperity. He talks about their peace. He talks about their pride. He talks about their progress. 
Look at verse number 15. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the, children, the generation of thy children. He said, if I said out loud how discouraged I was, I would discourage the next generation. I would discourage the children. Because he looked at the prosperity of the wicked. Look at verse 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. You see, he put life into perspective. Look right this way. He said, I was comparing how we were doing. I compared myself with the wicked, how we were doing. Don't miss it, how we were doing. And I was envious at the wicked because they were doing better than I'm doing. But I went to the house of the Lord. And he said, in the house of the Lord, I understood their end. He said, it's not about how we're doing, it's about where we're going. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't trade places with the wicked. I don't care how prosperous they seem to be because I know what happens in the end. So we come today to put life in perspective. It seems that the wicked's prospering, but that's just for a little while. As I looked across the field of grass and uh, acres of corn and how beautiful it is, but the wicked are like that when they're cut down, it's over. Ah, but the righteous, we have life eternal. No wonder the psalmist said, I was glad when I heard the announcement. I was glad when they said, David, holy days are coming. It's almost time for us to make our journey. It cost them something to make a journey to Jerusalem. It was a sacrifice often for many of the Jews to go. But they said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Stand with me this morning, if you will. If I ask you the question, if you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? If you couldn't answer that question and say, yes, I'm 100% sure when I die, I'm going to heaven, then you ought to allow somebody to take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure heaven is your home. Eternal life is not a wish. It's not a hope so. It's a no-so salvation. In just a moment, he's going to sing the invitation song. And when he does, if you're not 100% sure that heaven's your home, you ought to step out of your seat. You ought to make your way down the aisle. And you ought to let one of the men and one of the ladies that are here take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure heaven is your home. Let me ask you a question this morning, Christian. In our relationship with God, how did you feel? As we got closer to the time on Sunday, could you say, as David of old, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Heavenly Father, may there always be a joy and a delight knowing in anticipation what's going to happen when we hear the word of God and we lift our voices in praise to him. I pray that today we would see and understand the importance of of the assembly of the local church. I pray for those that may not know you as Savior today, they would trust you. And those that need to follow you in believer's baptism, showing the profession of their faith in you, that they would be obedient to you today. Bless I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.